And welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast with myself, Andrew Monk, and Phil Smith, our head of tech and transitional energy. Hi, Phil. How are we doing today? Until we are doing very well, Andrew, on this uh, yeah on this Thursday, we've been keeping ourselves very busy. I think our listeners will be pleased to hear. Uh, we have been very very busy. Why don't we we crack on? straight away to what's been keeping us um, up late at night for the last few days, which is Invinity Energy Systems. Gosh, we do always end up talking about this company. Um, but we did announce today that we've done a placing of £25 million. It was actually well oversubscribed. It comes along with an open offer of £4 million, roughly, which is a three for 65. And also it's got warrants attached, uh, which is interesting because you don't often in these sort of companies get warrants attached. Uh, there's actually what we call, they're half warrants, uh, but there's two of them, a short and a long. Uh, the short is uh, convertible at £1.50 on the 15th of September 2022, which gives you a bit of a clue where we think the share price is going. And then the long is convertible at 2.25p on the 16th of December 2024. Uh, that one in particular could be exceptionally valuable. Um, uh, what I can report to anybody who uh, wants to know is that it was a, a well-oversubscribed book. Uh, it is public knowledge that Schroders, who have been very supportive of this company, own 24%, held their corner entirely. Uh, and so they obviously put in 24% of that placing. Uh, you will see, though, two big new names announcing fairly soon that they've gone over 3% of the company and very good quality names. And in total, we probably put in about a couple of dozen 24 um, institutional investors. Um, the institutions are really getting behind this, actually. And you know, look, the, the, obviously the, uh, the presentation we use for the fundraise will, will get cleansed, for want of a better word, and put up on their website, I'm sure. But this whole um, long-duration energy storage is taking off in a really big way. And I noticed today, Phil, I'm slightly disappointed, actually, that um, actually uh, Invinity weren't in it. But I think it's fair to say that I have already emailed the management who are at this moment just jumping on a plane to fly back to... Um, um, sorry, I, I apologise. I've got a noise here. I'm trying to shut shut that one up. Um, sorry, I apologise, that listeners. Um, but I was just picking up that uh, some of the American um, uh, long duration energy storage companies, such as uh, Form and ESS and Ambry, have actually during COP26 formed a a. a Join forces to create a long duration energy storage uh, sort of um, what, what, council, I think is the word, isn't I'm looking for, isn't yeah. it? So I was looking for the word. Is that correct, Phil? That's a, that's a correct word. Yes, an industry council. Yep. So, and I mean, they're talking about basically long duration energy storage being 85 to 140 terawatts of long duration energy storage. I mean, those numbers are just beyond belief, aren't they? Is a uh, well, it's a st- yes, it's a staggering, staggering amount. It is, it is beyond belief, and it shows that the, you know, the, the sector which our client Infinity is involved in is extremely active. Yeah. Well, look, it's also um, whilst we're just talking about Infinity, um, I think we, we've had news this week that during the winter we are likely to get blackouts. This is not the winter of discontent completely, as it was in 1978-79 under the Jim Callaghan government. But you know what? We're getting close. We've got rising inflation, um, 
energy blackouts. You know, there's a lot of the same sort of, you know, a government that's getting a bit wobbly. A lot of the same conditions, dare I say. But the point is, um, the reason we get blackouts is that basically Germany has blocked Nord Stream 2. Um, the head of Trafigura has said basically there's going to be a massive gas storage and that really will hit the UK because, of course, we closed down the Centrica rough gas storage that was a massive amount of our gas storage. We don't have any. We have mentioned before here Harland and Wolf, which owns the Isla McGee gas storage facility. It's not built yet. Uh, I don't believe Harland and Wolf will ever build it, but it's a great asset. Somebody will buy it. And uh, that is actually very valuable to Harland and Wolf. Um, it needs to be built. We have a real problem. But the solution, of course, is renewable energy. Wind and solar. We're building so many damn wind farms out in the North Sea and all, all around the UK. And there is so much wind out there, but they haven't put in place the energy storage to s store it all. We're throwing away every year. I think the statistic is over a terawatt of energy from wind because we've got no storage to put it in. Why, Phil, has the government not woken up to this and realised that they are missing a massive trick? The amount of energy we throw away, right, because of the lack of energy storage, would power a million homes every year. Oh, God. Crazy. It's it absolute really madness. Is. And Infinity is sitting there. It's a British company with a solution. Now, luckily, we're funding it. The institution's getting it. They're funding it. The only people who don't get it, right, is the bloody government, who... You know, they talk this great story at COP20. As, as Her Majesty the Queen said, they talk a great story, but they do absolutely bugger all about it. And it makes me quite cross. But we are doing something about it. We are. We are doing our bit, Andrew. That's a good thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got me on my high horse there. Sorry about can, that, business. Um, well, I, well I, can I can absolutely tell. Um, but you'll have seen uh, the SSE uh, announcement a week. That this is a 4100 utility. Uh, this they're week interim. and they're, they're, hmm? they're interim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're interim results, but also, you know, they've announced that they're accelerating their investment, their green investments, adding an extra, they've already got a planned programme of 12.5 billion of investment to 2026, and they're upping that by another another billion uh, to go into, you know, part of that's in renewable energy and, and part of that's into its its networking business. So, So at least they are. They are doing something about it, but they're, that's all they've announced that they're entering to the Japanese offshore wind market as well. So, I mean, look, that's just reflecting global opportunity in this space. And we've got UK companies that are doing doing good things. But, you know, that's my point. SSE is almost as bad as the bloody government because they're building all these wind farms. Brilliant. They're investing twelve and a half billion. And then they're going to chuck all the energy away because they haven't got any energy storage. So why on earth doesn't SSE just buy a stake in Infinity? And then it's got it, sorted. See it, sort it, buy it, done it. All through VSI, <laughs> something like that anyway. Um, but again, SSE, you know, they actually reset their dividend policy. So the stock came off, you know, 5% yeah. after the interim. Right. You know what? I said for ages, you know, if Shell, as it's now called, no longer Royal Dutch Shell, because it's nice to see that Shell are moving back to the UK where they belong. Uh, sadly, they've dropped the Royal, but in today's world, that's probably right. But Shell should just buy SSE. Solves their entire transition overnight. Can't understand why that hasn't happened yet. And by the way, if they do, I want a fee. Um, talking of um, 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 uh, FTSE 100 interim results, we also had a Vodafone this week. Yeah, we did. Um, Pretty boring, weren't they? Though? I mean, yeah. You know, well, I read them and I thought they were a bit boring. 
Yeah, and they, well, look, they, I think they recognise they've got some challenges on their hands in terms of their return on capital employed. I mean, I was looking through the through the numbers, and I'm sure I'll get directly on this because I'm not an analyst on that one. But uh, the turnover is about twenty two and a half billion, but the free cash flow is something like a billion, which is like five, you know, five six percent um, in terms of the free cash flow return. So I think, and, and they went at length to yeah point out what they're trying to do to uh, to improve that. Yeah, I mean, they they somewhat lost their way, to be honest with you. But, I mean, all the telco stocks, British Telecom, Vodafone, have been a terrible performance over the last few years. I actually think they're actually all now too cheap. The reality is, is that, you know, telcos are still a pretty important part of our lives. Um, so I'd actually probably be a buyer of both. But as you say, you're not an analyst on Vodafone. I'm not an analyst, full stop. I just talk. Uh, so we have to be careful a little bit what we say. But they were the big two. FTSE uh, 100 interim results this week. Now, um, we also actually, I took whilst we're on Vodafone a little bit because it does sort of link in a little bit uh, and technology and that sort of stuff. I noticed that the ARM uh, bid by NVIDIA obviously looks like it's going to get blocked. Um, I mean, there's still a little bit of debate, but I can't see that going through now. Um, I have got actually lunch with Robin Sachs and all the ARM management team fairly soon because I have an annual lunch with them when I used to act for them. Um, so I'll have a chat, see what they think about that. Um, but that probably is a private conversation, I'm afraid, so you might not get to hear about that unless you buy me a pint. Uh, but I also see, so because there's a relevance to this story, I know I'm going on a shaggy sheepdog story here, um, but I see that Imagination Technologies, which obviously was taken private, and again, under a bit of a cloud, you know, why did we allow a Chinese PE firm to take, you know, Imagination Technologies, a really key, critical uh, UK technology company, private, uh, but I see they're going to IPO again. Uh, and hopefully, again, we'll come to London. They're eyeing up either London or NASDAQ. Um, but, you know, they should come to London, a great British company. Okay, it'd be superb. And it was one that was already known to the market. It's one I used to, you know, a long time ago follow. Um, it's, this is a, just a listeners that don't know Imagination Technologies. Their, their core product always was. Uh, graphics, um, semiconductors uh, for graphics processing. So they, you know, they started up business in computer gaming and for displaying computer graphics for gaming. But of course, they became, um, you know, very, very good in the smartphone space. And, and uh, Apple was one of their biggest customers. And at one time, they had Apple, both Apple and Intel uh, as investors. But, but real, real core silicon kind of tech there. And yeah, you know, strategically important to the to, to the country. So let's let's hope it does come back. Well, just in case anybody from Imagination Technologies is listening to this, I, I think they're talking to City and Barclays about the IPO. Can I recommend you talk to VSA Capital? We're actually better than both of those two. Anyway, that's only if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, now, Phil, you've, you've been busy um, actually writing some research which you published, um, I think it was yesterday, actually, but I forget what it is nowadays. And actually, the, the company... Uh, also put out a trading update at the back end of last week, and it's the company in Sheffield that we've been dying to talk about on this podcast and explain why we really want to go to Sheffield, um, and that is Pressure Technologies. Um, you've just written the note. You obviously read the trading statement. Why don't you just talk through that quickly? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 this company's been around for many years, um, and it's a specialist. It's an engineering business. Um, their core business is uh, producing um, high-pressure cylinders, which one might think, you know, it's not entirely difficult to do. Well, yes, it is when these are under pressures of like 700, over 700 bar. If you can't tie a two bar, you can kind of imagine. 
the um, they're sort of store gases. They go into some of the applications include submarines, um, you know, and so they're made to very very high standards indeed. And they are also used for storing hydrogen, which has been one of one of our interests. And they're, and they're working with uh, with Shell, and it's a sort of hydrogen for refueling stations and for hydrogen vehicles. And um, it, the ticker on this, so the client, it's a PRES market caps about 25 million, so it's a smaller smaller company, but lasted for around for a long time. Um, but what you know, we'll say what's got us really interested in the in the business is the um, is the is the hydrogen angle, and um, and in terms of hydrogen transport, uh, why shall looking at space? Well, they're looking at it because in the truck market, um, they're unlikely to you know they're looking at the truck makers are looking at battery solutions, but they're also looking at hydrogen because oh, clearly trucks are carrying heavy weights, and then you've got the battery weight and all the rest of it. So hydrogen seen as a as a, as a good solution and fuel cells. And so this is why they're active in the area. So it's an interesting little company, had a new management team in a couple of years ago. Uh, they've been taking costs out of business, being restructured, sold off businesses that were no longer required. So it's a company that we've described as very much in a, in a turnaround situation. Yeah, and it's in our list of picks and shovels. And we've obviously talked a little bit about it before, but people, you know, you, you can't have a hydrogen economy without storage. Uh, and there are actually very few people in the world who are have the technology to do hydrogen storage, and this is this is this is one of them. And you know, you're right; it's a market cap of about 25 million, which is just ludicrous for a leading player in hydrogen storage. You should have a naught on the end. Um, and you know, they're in the trading segment they put out on Friday. Yes, some of their old engineering businesses still suffering a little bit, but the hydrogen storage division, I think, was up tenfold, wasn't it? Yeah, it's doing really well. It's doing really well. No, they they they. they it's super to see, yeah. There, there is a little bit of a reason why I actually may be holding the stock back. Uh, uh, Gresham House were a very significant shareholder. Now, obviously, Gresham House is being taken over by uh, Harwood Capital. Now, they transferred over most of the stock, um, but there's, I think, about 3 or 4%. I haven't looked at the latest TR once that is still in Gresham House. I think the market is speculating, probably correctly so, that that will be sold. But, you know, anybody who wants to get a nice three or four percent position in, in a, an incredible company that, in my view, is going to grow phenomenally. Um, what a great opportunity. Just go and bid them and buy it off them. That's my advice. But I'm tempted to do so myself, but I've already got stock, so uh, which I should admit to. Uh, but no, look, great company, Pressure Technology. Well done writing the note, Phil. Thank um, you. Uh, obviously, you're paid to do it because they're a client of ours. <laughs> That's great. Well, by the way, um, I don't have a second job. I thought I'd better declare that on this po- podcast, just so you know. Well, you're a gone. Am I going to get you for sleaze? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was uh, talking at the slight red herring for moaning. I was on Radio 5, I don't know if you heard it, um, on Tuesday, I think, uh, telling governments they shouldn't micromanage businesses um, and that this whole lark of banning bosses from messaging their employees out of hours was just ludicrous. If, if, if I'm... Government should not micromanage businesses. They should try and run the country, uh, let the CEOs run the businesses. And I, I never message you out of hours, Phil, do I? Oh, uh, silence. Okay, I do. Not, not, not too freaky. I don't want to think about it. You thought, know, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, look, um, let's go. So there's been a few sort of 
interim results and things. And I, I, sometimes I like to try and catch you out and spot one that you didn't spot, which is always quite fun. You sort of go uh, 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 on the on the podcast, <laughs> which is proof that we do this live. We don't we do not prep it at all. Phil has no idea what I'm going to talk about. Phil has no idea what he's going to talk about. Um, no, sorry, you couldn't. <laughs> um, let, let's just run through a few and, and see if you picked up the same sort of things for me. I saw um, uh, on Tuesday, I think it was Adept Technologies had interims. Um, I mean, what? I don't know if you looked at that one, Phil. If not, I'll tell you what I thought. Well, I looked at it briefly. Is all I can say. Well, I'll tell you why I looked at it briefly. Because funny, I, I run my mother's IHT portfolio. Yeah. Uh, and I've got adept in that actually. It hasn't been one of her best stocks. Um, but um, I mean, it was okay, wasn't it? The results. I mean, you know, revenue up twenty percent, just a profit up sixteen percent. That's fine. Um, so I was sort of happy. Yeah. It's Cloud services? Yeah, you like cloud services, don't you? I do tend to like cloud services, yes. We we use them, and most businesses do. Yeah, it's the way the world is going. Um, now, in that same sort of vein, Red Centric had some interims today, I think it was, and they were, I, I didn't think they looked good at all, did they? Yeah, again, I, I, yes, I looked at those briefly. I, I must admit, I thought they would have been better but without knowing the detail behind why um we'll, we'll see needs a, that, that needs definitely needs a further look i also see but there's been some interesting things happening there as well i mean they've got a new chairman in uh as well that was announced announced today so you know and i know you know i'm here i, I know peter Bullison, the ceo um pretty well so they'll probably see some change of foot in the business but uh I mean, yeah you know, I looked at the numbers. I didn't think they looked very good, to be honest with you. But then they did say that the, the business continues to perform well and is trading significantly ahead of the pre-COVID period. So uh, it does look as though a, a sort of, shall we say, a recovery is underway. But the market has knocked them down slightly. So I think the market is probably in, in tune with me. Um, but there we go. Now, um, we had an AGM statement from AMTE where, as you know, we would love to go and visit. If anyone from the AMTE is listening, I'd love to go and visit it. As you, I think most people know, my concern has been on this one that they are trying to develop three new batteries. We know the cost and time to develop one is, is huge. And that's my biggest concern there and there for the valuation. But uh, they did have an AGM. They talked positively. You know, you've got to accept that. And also over in the fuel cells, I noticed AFC where... I've always been slightly concerned about the the, the valuation. Um, uh -huh. It's a very highly rated stock. I see that they uh, got a, a four million pound order from ABB, who's one of their joint venture partners. Um, and so, bit of news there that's kept the share price going. Yep. Well, yes. Um, yeah. Go on. Go on. Right. So, did you see Idea Gen, Andrew? No, I missed that one. There you see. Excellent. So this is a so 700 million market cap, IDEA is the ticker, and they had interims and they announced an acquisition. Um, these shares, uh, I think we may have mentioned, I'm sure we've mentioned this one before, idea, Jim. Uh, they, they develop uh, compliance software for regulated industries. 6,000 customers they have, this is a worldwide business. Nine of the 10 um, top UK accounting firms, aerospace, defense companies, and pharmaceuticals. So, yeah, so they're the interims. Uh, their revenue was up, quite impressive set of results, this actually. Revenue was up 33% to uh, 38.8 million. 
and their adjusted EBITDA. It was a good look at the adjustments, but nonetheless, adjusted EBITDA was up 32% to 13.2 million. And what's interesting about that is look at those margins. Um, you know, classic software company, but my word, are they making some profit margins out of that? I mean, they'd early in the year, I think they've raised about 49 million for um, for acquisitions, but so they, they're scaling, scaling around their core, uh, their core software. But these shares have been performing really well, and it looks a good quality business. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I I missed that one. So well done, Phil. But good spots. Any other right. good spots you've got that I didn't see? Come on, catch yes. me up. Right, Halma. Oh, yeah, didn't see that. Uh, I've been HL- quite busy in fairness, but, you know. <laughs> HLMA is a ticket. This one is rather large. This is 11.7 billion market cap. And it has to say, this is a great British company. Not one I cover as an analyst, but one has to look at the performance and the track record. Um, and what do they do? This is a global, um, they sell globally. Techno- this is a technology company. Um, and they state they're life-saving technologies that they produce. So they're in they're in uh, safety. So that's fire safety is a big thing. Worker safety. They're in the environment in terms of water monitoring, food safety monitoring, air pollution, and they're in medical as well. Uh, so they've got seven thousand people, in twenty countries worldwide. Uh, their interim revenue was up by nineteen uh, percent. Uh, so this is comparing a period. This is to September, Andrew. So kind of yeah, you look at you know they covered some of, last year would have been a bit low for COVID, I assume. I've not looked. But uh, what was interesting about this was the revenue was up nineteen percent. The earnings per share were up twenty five percent. So we've definitely looked, we're always looking for kind of earnings tracking or ahead of uh, of, of revenue. Um, but yeah, the profit before tax was up 74% on the revenue of 19. Anyway, so they've got clearly operating leverage in there, quality of business. I mean, it, it's a great business. Um, so about 10 years ago, this stock was just over £3. Uh, today, yeah. uh, over £30. Yeah. Uh, I love stocks that just go up 10 points. It's a classic stock where you just buy it, sit on it, and hold it. Yeah. Buy it, sit it, hold it. There you go. I'm doing that one again. You are, you are indeed, are indeed. But it's, uh, yeah, Hummer is a really super business. So uh, that's certainly one for investors to not form a recommendation. Of course, always seek professional advice before making an investment, but uh, we think it's a good company. Well, I think that was a disclaimer in there. Uh, one. <laughs> I'll tell you the other one. Uh, I mentioned it last week. You said, Andrew, they're, in a, they're being bid for, so it's irrelevant. Uh, but that was Blue Prism. Uh, and I see they've got a counter bid come out now. Slightly surprisingly, because the board had recommended the bid, uh, but they've got the counter bidders coming at 1.2 billion for the company, up from 1.1 billion. Uh, so obviously, this whole sort of it's sort of AI data sourcing, isn't it? Um, obviously, a hot space. It's yeah, it's robotic software processing, um, and that is whereby you. You know, if you're if you're working with a big software operating system or whatever, you or anything the sort of software where you have to put in lots of data and you're manually inputting that data, but the stuff that you're putting in very, very frequently that has sort of similar patterns to how it's filled in, they, they're automating it. Almost robotic workers. But it's robotic well, robotic process automation is what it is. Yeah, I mean one of the problems is we are just all inundated with data, shall we say, and people can't cope with it so as an example 
and this is like to try and put it into what I describe as common sense, because sometimes you use these phrases, you think, what the bloody hell is this? But, you know, if you're trying to uh, transfer your pension from one pension provider to another, they're all so clogged up with people trying to do the same things and information coming in. It takes months and months and months, or in my case, years. What this these sort of systems can do is actually identify which ones they need to start looking at and get a move on to make things happen quicker and which are all, all just rubbish. Um, and so if you put some of this sort of automated sorting, shall we say, in there, that's the sort of things, the benefits that you can get. So it is actually quite a valuable service. It, yeah, it is. And we'll see it increasingly. No, I think these sorts of things are absolutely super, and especially where you've got you know, just real non-added value on the on the data on some of the data inputting. You get like Donald's auto, automated, then let folks do things that are a higher value. Yeah. Now, also, you went to have a little chat with a company uh, this week. Sadly, I couldn't make it because I'd have liked it. But they they invited you to Cumbria. They did. Uh, yes. Cumbria is up north as well, isn't it? I'm going to get a lot. But anyway, we're now on. We've moved on from Doncaster Shepherd. We've been invited to go to Cumbria. Uh, I'll let you talk about the stock a little bit in a second. Uh, and hopefully we will get up there. But we're so damn busy. And it is quite a long way, I think, on the bike. We might have to get the train. Um, but the stock, we have talked about it and we've recommended it actually, uh, is up 40% so far this year. So it's obviously a good, good one. And off you go, Phil. Tell us who you went to see. I went to have breakfast with the chief executive of James Cropper. Um, James Cropper, if you look at the look at the history, the company has been around for well over 100 years. Uh, the Cropper family are very actively involved uh, and are, are shareholders. Uh, I'm, I met with Phil Wilde, who's the chief exec. Um, and, and I always think with companies like Pressure Tech and like uh, James Cropper that have been around for many, many, many years, they're doing something right to survive that long and all the recessions and the things we've, we've had happen during, the, during those periods. So, yeah, look, this is one we covered in our picks and shovels research, uh, James Cropper. Um, they're best known for their specialist papers that they make. So they're very, very used to dealing with sort of fabrics and, and paper. But they're best known for specialist papers. Um, what the hell are those? You're probably asking is, well, well if, you, if you've got an iPhone and the packaging in there, which is a lot of recycled paper that they use, it's that type of specialist packaging that they um, that they produce. So, you, you know, you'll see this with cosmetics, all sorts of luxury, more luxury items. So they produce the papers for those. It's a big part of their business. But they also produce things like membranes for fuel cells. Um, and these are the membranes that help the water and the heat move around within the fuel cell and the electricity to be produced. So a highly specialised bit of materials engineering. And they have, they were telling me, something like 50% of the world's fuel cell market uses their membranes. And... Um, those membranes actually are made in Launceston in Cornwall. And you're going to get me a little trip there as well, aren't you, when I next go down to Cornwall? That is, that is factually correct. They also have um, they also have specialist papers that are used in coffee cups um, to make them more easy to recycle. And again, they were telling me that they have, over the last year, just recycled millions and millions of coffee cups. So here's a, oh, it's a fascinating business, this one. Really, really interesting. So. Uh, as you say, the shares have been doing well. Well, actually, it's interesting because, again, 10 years ago, they were about £1.50, 
50 and today they're 15 pounds so they're again another one that's gone up tenfold over 10 years they did have a bit of a rough patch around 2018 um you know where they had actually the price had actually leapt nearly i think it was 19 pounds uh, from memory or 20 pounds i can't remember exactly uh, and then he uh, had a very bad sort of 2018 2009 2020 and it seems to be now nicely on the recovery so uh I, I, we like the concept a lot we do need to go up to cumbria and visit it ah i think i've never been to cumbria is that where the lake district is yes no i've never been to the lake district anyway um Look, I'll tell you what, Phil, we've been, we've been, sorry, we've been nattering on, and I've, I've been in a fairly jovial mood as well, actually, which is good, but when you close big deals, it does help. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Um, if you've got ideas, please do send them to us. Any comments, any, if you disagree with us, tell us if you disagree with us. Uh, we love being disagreed with. Uh, we love hearing from listeners. Um, I'm now actually going to get in my car and go down to Cornwall, I think, and spend a long weekend down there and play a bit of golf. Uh, and I'll let you carry on doing the work, Phil. Yes, it's always a pleasure, Andrew. Enjoy your break. Well earned. Very good. Speak next week.